Welcome to the Zenith Podcast, where we explore a variety of topics to help us climb to the heights of humanity to be the best humans we can be. Please like and subscribe and visit zenithministries.com for more of what we offer. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome also to Jerry, uh, Jerry Kreitz, our guest today, who is a good friend of mine. Um, I'd like to introduce the, the topic that we're speaking of for our, our first episode of Zenith Ministries podcast. I think this is our fourth season, uh, which is G, uh, Jesus and Trauma, Getting Through Trauma to Know God's Love. And so, uh, Jerry, thanks for being with us today. For those of you who don't know him, uh, Dr. Jerry Crete is a CEO and co-founder of Souls and Hearts. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist and professional counselor in private practice. His practice, Transfiguration Counseling, is based in Atlanta. Uh, in addition to marriage counseling, he specializes in the treatment of trauma and anxiety disorders. He's an EMDR certified therapist, uh, which he uses to help clients process past wounds and adapt to stress in new ways. His spiritual approach has been influenced especially by the writings and practices of St. Francis, uh, Francis de Sales, St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, St. Teresa of Avila, and as a Byzantine Catholic, he's also been influenced by the Eastern Christian emphasis on the person as created in the image of God, as well as the concepts of theosis and uh, hesychasm. Uh, on a lighter note, he's a lifetime science fiction fantasy geek, which I love. <laughs> uh, he enjoys old comic books and movies, also loves biking and hiking, uh, has been married 27 years, and has three grown children. Terry, I feel like we just do the whole podcast just on you. What, a, what an awesome bio, <laughs> what a good life you have. So are you a, you say you're a geek. Are you a geek or, or, or would you say nerd? And like, what, what would you say differentiate the two? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I'm not a nerd because I'm not particularly great with math. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think a geek is someone who has very specialized interests. And yeah. uh, so that's that would be me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think a nerd is more, I guess, smart and geek like Star Wars. That, that's what I've always thought. If you like Star Wars, you're more of a geek. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica. I like all that science fiction stuff, um, you know, and 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 that makes me a geek. You could also be a nerd, yeah, <laughs> if you were very good with math and science and uh, and possibly poor in social skills. <laughs> nice, very cool. Well, so we're talking today about about Jesus and trauma. I feel like we kind of have gotten to know you a little bit. Is there anything else? about Jerry Crete that we haven't gone over that you think is, is helpful? No, I mean, you covered it pretty well. There was a lot in there. That's a lot in there. Very cool. Well, you've done a lot of work with trauma. Um, what got you into that? How did you begin to work with people struggling with trauma? Yeah, well, my career, I kind of began my career um, dating myself now back to the 90s as a, as a high school teacher. Then I eventually became a school counselor and uh, worked in that capacity. Um, and then when I transitioned from school counseling into private practice as a marriage and family therapist, it was in part because I was doing a doctorate uh, at that time. 
And so I started doing research on um, various topics, but um, I got interested in trauma in part because I had done a lot of work on my own trauma, my own past. And I, in the course of doing the doctorate, I was really um, kind of inspired <clears throat> to, um, to figure it out, like how, how to make a difference in the world, how to you know, apply my own experience at least as a starting place to helping other people. And so I did my dissertation on <clears throat> actually male survivors of childhood trauma. Wow. And yeah, and it's, that's how, you know, and then I just, you know, researching that, understanding that topic and uh, eventually learned some really amazing uh, approaches to treating trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned in my bio, like I'm an EMDR uh, uh, a therapist uh, and also other approaches that I just kind of snowballed into my area of uh, preference. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Wow. And did you were you focused since you were a, a counselor at a school? Were you focusing on the, the youth in that regard, or did you immediately kind of dive into serving everyone or a certain group? Um, as a school counselor, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. There. Um, so I, I've worked at two different schools and mm -hmm. private schools uh, in that capacity. You know, I was doing uh, uh, all sorts of things, whether it was the career aspect or it was the uh, academic, you know, improvement stuff and wow. the social emotional behavioral stuff. Okay. So it was a combination. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so, you know, as a, a Christian yourself, you know, I'm sure it inspires a lot of your work and, and how you, you speak with people and, and how you focus on them, like we read in your bio, um, what would you say is the, the proper Christian perspective uh, of trauma? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going <laughs> to, because you could argue that there really isn't in the sense that it's kind of what it is, right? Where where um, trauma, if, just to define a little bit, um, is could be a cap, what we call a capital T trauma, like most people think of you know, car crashes, plane crashes, war zones, yeah. uh, th things like that. Um, and uh, in, in that sense, our bodies, you know, both our body and our mind are kind of like uh, affected by that experience. Uh -huh. um, we, we need to kind of have a sense of getting away from it and releasing it. And if we don't, then it, it, it starts to have like uh, negative symptoms in our lives. So you know, and if it's serious enough, it could be post-traumatic stress dis uh, disorder, for example. But we also experience a lot of um, what we might call smaller T traumas that can be just as serious in some ways. But that could be things like, um, you know, bullying in school or uh, a, a parent's divorce or, um, you know, just being ostracized by friends or, or even a, a, a more, a normal, not normal, but like um, natural kind of trauma, like someone dying that we love something yeah. like that. So we're affected in our world by all these um, all kinds of things that happen to us, right. From the moment pretty much when we're born. And so I would say then you could, one could argue that all of, you know, trauma is just part of life, right. Yeah, Christian or not. I do take the approach, though, um, and I've kind of coined this term called original trauma. And I do think that as a result of the fall, right, we experience original sin, right, is 
you know, is, is what we all experience as a result of the fall. But I would also say that that experience of um, uh, being disconnected from God uh-huh. and then the introduction of like shame, the introduction of fear, the introduction of, of all the sort of negative things that comes with being yeah. fallen. Uh-huh. Yeah. That from our very beginnings and, you know, from Adam and Eve, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that we, um, we are affected by trauma. Absolutely. So um, from the beginning, yeah. So it's a condition of the fall that we're going to experience trauma, and it's a part. And the ultimate is death, right? And so the Christian perspective would be that um, we do work toward healing in all areas, and in terms of ultimate redemption and ultimate healing uh, with God. You know, obviously in heaven when we're finally restored in, into His glory. Wow, that is fascinating. Because so what you're saying is, and I, I've thought about this as well, just how like the very first experience really of, of the human is birth, which is a traumatic experience, right? Going from the, the cozy womb into, you know, this being the kind of revealed to, you know, the, the outer world and whatnot and having to travel in that, that scary way. And even though we don't remember it, it's got to have an impact but then even if we're conceived without God's grace because of the, the fall of man, right? So the, the lack of sanctifying grace, the lack of God's presence within us, which is what we're made for, right? So basically you're saying that that can be traumatic as well and that we're made for God, but we're born without him in the, the right. sense that we're made for. Yeah, go ahead. And then, and then we, we, we go through our lives with people yeah. Uh, starting with our very own parents yeah. who themselves are affected by the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we're now impacted not only by our, you know, St. Augustine would say concupiscence, our own inclination yeah. Yeah. towards sin. Um, we're also affected by everybody else's and how so, they play yeah. it out. So even after we're baptized and receive that, that grace that we're made for, the presence of God, we still have the, the concupiscence, the inclination, the temptation to sin, the selfishness that we all have. And that causes that can cause trauma just as much. Yeah. Wow. And so what what is the Christian viewpoint on on helping people deal with that? Well, um, I mean, I would say go back to the gospels, right? I would say yeah. go back to all the, the normal things in a way, um, yeah. in terms of um bringing our lives to Christ, in terms of uh all, all the normal ways and sacramental you know, approach to healing. Um, I'm going to throw out a little something different here um, okay. that, that might, might be interesting. Um, I, I do a lot of work, uh, in my clinical work, I do a lot of work with understanding a person's parts. And by that, I mean, we have like a core self, I would say the inmost self, which is created in God's image, which is kind of the, the heart of the soul, if you will. Yeah. And, um, and that, that, that is the, the heart or that inmost self connect is capable with grace of connecting with God. But we have what I would call other kind of parts. It's they're like, kind of like sub personalities or some kind of aspects of the self that are, that exist within that, um, that are basically take on roles. Uh So for example, when I, um, you know, if my wife was to say, hey, we have to go to a dinner party tonight with people I don't know. Well, 
I'm going to, there'll be a part of me that will show up for that party, you know, with good social graces, I hope, uh, you know, kind of a polite, friendly, yeah. uh, but I'm having to kind of put on, like, play a part in a sense. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's another situation where, like, if I'm at work and I'm working with a client, there is kind of a, maybe a therapist part of me, uh-huh. a role that is kind of emerges that that is there. Um, but then, you know, if I'm hanging out with my friends, there might be another aspect of me that is more present. Now, are these different roles or different parts? Are they like different from the self? Well, they're not. I mean, it's all me. Yeah. But it's like a role, little roles and things that I play. They're parts of yeah. me. And, and so some of those roles are basically good managers of my life. Yeah. You know, like I might have a part that's really like good at like task management and like gets mm-hmm. me doing things. Right. And I have another part of me that basically says, wow, why don't we uh, watch Nef- something on Netflix and just yeah. do nothing today? You know, so yeah. I have like these. And some, so sometimes there's these like inner conflicts within me. Right. Yeah. St. Paul talks about, you know, uh, different, you know, a part of himself that doesn't want to that does what he doesn't want to do. You yeah. know, so there, there's this idea of within us, there is a bit of a multiplicity. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, okay. So where I'm going with this in trauma is that when we're traumatized in some way, then a part of us takes on a role um, to, uh, or takes uh, or gets kind of stuck sometimes yeah. in an early phase of life. Yes. And we see this like Charles Whitfield and Bradshaw and all those. We're talking uh-huh. about the inner child, yeah. the wounded child within. Well, that's like a part of us that kind of got dissociated or okay. disconnected from the self, from the core yeah. self, mm-hmm. but exists kind of within us, but maybe kind of exiled away in yeah. some sense. Yeah. But we can't really ever get rid of our so-called parts we can because they will kind of affect they will have an effect on our whole inner system Absolutely. so yeah and so uh but we also have parts mm-hmm. right i was talking about those manager type parts mm-hmm. that will also um be kind of worried about or try to keep those wounded parts away because mm-hmm. nobody really wants a wounded part to show up because they they're usually holding on to pain fear, shame, whatever might be what happened in the trauma. Yeah. And so the manager parts kind of try to protect that. Mm -hmm. And so they will kind of create, sometimes it's like a wall, right? So that no one can get through to that. (laughs) It's like a protect. We have a part of ourselves that's kind of protecting us Uh from ourselves, if you will. Um, Or it could be uh, the the part might do something else. You know, um, some, sometimes, uh, a person is very, very anxious, right? It's very, very um, like reactive and emotional yeah. easily. Okay. But that might all be there because it's protecting itself from something else. Okay. It's a, co- a way of coping or a way of adapting. And we adapt to trauma in all sorts of ways, especially when we're young. The only ways we know how to mm-hmm. may not be long-term healthy, but it's what we what what we've learned, what we figured out, and yeah. sometimes, and that's where you get into even addictions, right? And, yeah. and I know we've talked about that before, and Absolutely. and so yeah. that protector part might take on the role of like, 
I'm going to drink a lot of alcohol or do drugs, or I'm going to just play video games all day, or I'm going to be a workaholic or whatever it is. It it's doing that to protect itself, oddly enough, from some other more wounded part. And then do those, right? do those cause more drama? There's like all the things, you know, addictions, yeah. uh, you know, workaholic, all those kind of seem to do damage to the person as well. Yeah. Like the part that I was describing, the more, what I think about addiction, uh-huh. uh, we, um, we, we call the, uh, the, the manager or the protector part that's takes on those kind of roles of an addict, then we call that a firefighter. Okay. <laughs> and so a fire, a firefighter, if your house is on fire, yeah. right. The fire trucks show up, the firemen come and uh-huh. they're just going to bash down your front door, crash down the windows. They don't care about your carpet. They don't care about your drapes. They're going to just take out this fire and then they're going to just go away and leave you with the mess. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Um, and that's what it, our, the part of, if we have a part that, that takes on is a firefighter type part that takes on that role of addiction uh-huh. yeah. as a way to cope and manage really when it's active, when it's sort of taken over the system, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't care about, your relationships it doesn't care about your money it doesn't care about your family it wow. only wants to take out the pain yeah mm-hmm. and then and so mm-hmm. oh, and, then just, and then like we said like then the damage is done and then it's like you have more trauma to cope with yes yes exactly it's a snowballs right and that's what i was saying a bit too yeah. like we have to deal with other people's trauma because they're doing that uh-huh. and we get we start doing that and then all of our traumas are snowballing and affecting uh-huh. each other wow that's so fascinating i honestly i feel like we could keep talking about this um for you know the rest of the podcast but you know for the sake of time um how do so basically do these effects of trauma last forever uh, can we can we live without the negative consequences, or will these consequences always be there? You know, even if we as we deal with the trauma. Yeah. So here's my thought with that: is that I do believe, of course, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that trauma can be healed. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, you can have like Christ, right? He, uh-huh. His scars were still visible mm-hmm. uh, even after the resurrection, but he was healed. So yeah. um, it's not that there won't be some scar, but um, there, there can be real transformation. And, and the way I look at it would be um, when I was talking about those parts, if you think about um, n- not only the wounded part that definitely needs help, needs whatever he or she didn't get or needed way back when the trauma happened, we can now give that to that part. We can now if we if we even have it like and that's why i love looking at parts because i don't i think we just we can't absorb it but when we when we kind of see it as a part of ourselves in need of help uh-huh. and maybe that's a five-year-old or 10-year-old part yeah then all of a sudden our core inmost self right hopefully in in grace in with connection with god receive allowing the holy spirit to work through that core self can approach that part with kind of objectivity and love that anybody would give to a five or ten year old Uh right and 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 can and that part can can receive help and be included back in to the 
more the the, the real present system of the person. But uh-huh. not only that, all the other parts that were affected by that, like even the firefighter, like a, a firefighter is like a role a part takes. So it doesn't uh-huh. stay a firefighter all the time. But uh-huh. all those managers and protectors inside, they uh-huh. also need help because they learned somewhere along the way that, you know, I have to be hard on myself or yeah. or else I'm no good or, you mm-hmm. know, I have to achieve a million things or else I'm not worth anything or something. And and what we want to do is bring love, truth and healing to all of these, our entire system. Yeah. Within. Mm-hmm. And then that helps us know with our identity, know who we truly are uh, and, and grow in who that is and have a method yeah. fulfilling to do that. Feels good. Yeah. It means yeah. our whole system, yeah, core self, and all of our parts are in harmony. Yeah, okay. And, and that's that's the heal that's healing of trauma if that happens because when that happens, because what trauma does is it dysregulates and it causes chaos. It causes dysfunction within the self as well mm-hmm. as with everybody else. So once we are when there's harmony within, you're not feeling the effects of trauma. Yeah. Absolutely. And the effects of trauma uh, that you feel that you would have felt, you know, being gone helps you then uh, be able to focus on those around you, focus more on the Lord. And, and then there's fulfillment in that as well. And that as yeah. well. And so yeah. then, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just had another thought on that because oh, I know that our, our inmost self, right, is mm-hmm. can be connected deeply with God, right? I believe yeah. that's where it, the the source right the connection with it it's like the heart it's god sees our heart but uh we may have parts within us that don't accept that (laughs) and so there's a sense in which we might have to evangelize our own inner self fully because because and and what happens is we might have a real we may have a religious part that does a good job of and it's not bad none of these are bad but Uh it does a good job of like following the rules and like doing the right thing and knowing the right things and, uh-huh. and being a good Christian. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's fine. Hey, but we may have other parts that are like, yeah, I don't, I, I hate that. <laughs> or I don't believe that. Or I disagree uh-huh. with that. But what happens is depending on our internal system is that part might get suppressed away or pushed away. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Ooh, oh, I don't yeah. want to think that. Right. Okay. That's doubt, you know, or something. And so we we alienate a parts of ourselves and maintain something. But what happens is when trauma takes play, when there's an effect of trauma, like there's something going on, sometimes that's when those parts show up. Mm-hmm. Right. When the system is down, when something bad happens, or when you're overwhelmed in some way. Those parts that we kind of pushed away because they're not yeah. supposedly not good, they show up. And cause havoc so we don't want to do that we don't want to repress the parts of ourselves that have doubts or that has fears or questions or um struggle in some way we actually want to meet those parts of ourselves and we want to work with them because they they need evangelization in Uh the same way they need to be connected with the core self yeah okay and so this this kind of brings to mind for me then what what does it look like when all the parts are in harmony and are, are they even still parts anymore are they all just one is that the goal like what's the goal of all this to bring healing yeah to this? 
I think that's called when they're all in harmony. It's called sainthood. <laughs> and when I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> but but um, I, I think that uh, I don't think they disappear. I think that we um, I think God created us with a beautiful kind of multiplicity, kind of a beautiful yeah. inner connection in the same, not the same because he's God and it's different, but God himself is three persons, right? In one trinity. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal of God is not to become a, like to mesh them. It's to celebrate how beautiful and loving the, the tr all three persons of the Trinity uh -huh. are in connection. And so I think our inner selves are meant to be in harmony and in beautiful connection with each other, um, our core and, and ultimately God. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to repress, I've, I've seen too many movies, so I'm like, keep thinking back to the this Jim Carrey movie, The Mask, you know, we all wear masks, you know? You might not have remembered that one, but- uh, I do, I put okay. it out of my head, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not leaving me. Um, it's just the doctor who's talking about The Mask uh, says that, but, uh, you know, looking at this, and and so you're saying that there are you know many parts of us, and I'm wondering, you know, kind of diving into this more, like, because my first analogy that I thought of was like, you know, there are many drops make the whole ocean. Like, how many parts can there be in a person? Is it like like an ocean with with millions of drops, or is it really uh, contingent upon the person or their life? Or yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> um, so I think that um, you know, like my experience has been most people have like maybe eight to 10 parts that are typical. And okay. then, so we don't really know. Um, I wouldn't make the ocean analogy only because I think that the parts are, are unique. Okay. And oh, so they're enough. not like, like yeah. droplets of water where they're all the same and we're all uh -huh. part of one big thing. Um, I think that they have a uniqueness and together, you know, it kind of makes up our, yeah. our soul, if you will, yeah. <laughs> uh, who we are, our personality, okay. so to speak. Okay. I, I like the ocean analogy. So I'm going to keep that, but you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's all right. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So, um, so what are some specific tips then that you might have for, for people who are dealing with trauma? Mm. Yeah. So, I would say, um, well, there's a bunch of things. So if I take it, take it from a parts perspective, like I was saying, yeah. would be to slow down if you mm -hmm. can, as much as possible. And so sometimes we need to do very specific things with that, like just learning how to breathe. I mean, yeah. I know that sounds so basic, but when you're traumatized, sometimes you don't breathe. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times your body responds to um different triggers by not breathing and you don't even notice you're not doing it um or it's very shallow breathing mm -hmm. so i would say taking time to really notice your breathing deep breathing um just by itself that's powerful yeah. um the other thing is to notice where you're holding tension in your body um, that's a big one. I know for me, okay. it's like shoulders a lot, but sometimes it's people's hands, throat, jaw, uh -huh. different parts um, that, that, that hold tension and, and being, being more noticing and aware of yeah. that. And so like taking that moment, take a deep breath and just relieving that tension. Yeah. So that would be the second tip, I guess. But then um, breathing, muscle relaxation. And then when you do that, 
when you relax your muscles and breathe, yeah. you've, you've changed your body, your brain um, response, your sympathetic wow. nervous system is taken like is brought into like a more relaxed state, even if just for a moment. So now all of a sudden you're not in like a, a trauma fight or flight mode. Yeah. Okay. And so when you have that, when that happens, then you uh -huh. can take a moment and say, look inside. Right. And so maybe that's, did you, is there a part like that's where maybe you can, some people are very good at visualizing and so they could close their eyes and, and just sort of visualize and immediately some part of themselves shows up yeah. other people like more, it's just a felt sense, but either way, like just pause for a moment and just say, Hey, is there, what's going on within me? Yeah. And, and noticing and seeing, uh, is there, am, am I, is there a part of me that's super activated right now or yeah. super sad or angry or feeling shame or something like just taking a moment to notice what might be, and it might not be one thing. That's why we have parts is that it may be a, a, a mixture yeah. of different competing at times or, 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 or chorus sometimes of feelings Okay. And and just and if you can do all that and pause, and you know, and you might need to pray through this, right? Like it may be yeah. helpful to put this in the context of prayer and ask for God's help. Yeah. Um, you know, you might be able to attend to your own inner world, mm -hmm. right? To actually notice and be able to bring some truth that you have. Like most of us know a lot of truth, like we don't always need to be told things like God loves you and you're a good person and you, you know, and, and, you know, you try really hard. You don't always have to be perfect or you're worth yeah. a lot. Like we know a lot of things, know yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so somebody them. could even tell us that and we'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But what does it mean to actually look inside and bring those truths yeah. to the different parts deep within that may not believe that mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah that's been my experience too is, is people intellectually with their their mind i i, I consider it like head knowledge and heart knowledge they, with their mind they, they they know all this stuff yep god is love he loves people whatnot but then they have had other like we said traumatic experiences where that causes them to believe other things like you know i am unlovable so am i think and like you know, as, as many times as someone says, no, 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 you're loved. God loves you. I love you. They, they don't believe it because their heart belief is I am unlovable. And so that, yeah. Then would you say, would you bring God into the, the process? Because that's what, with my work, I help people hear from God himself, tell them that they're loved. Would you do that too? Mm -hmm. Or is it possible for them to you know, bring that love deep within themselves? Yeah. Well, of course, I think it's good to witness into that truth and that love. Uh -huh. um, I would throw a dimension, right? Um, would be to say that if I am, if I say it was you and I, and we were at a coffee shop or something, and I was to say, I'm having a hard time or I'm doubting myself or something. And you were to say, Oh, Jerry, you're, you're worth a lot. You're lovable or whatever. Yeah, you are. You know, a part of me might be there. Maybe it's in the role of like thinking in my head, I'm really a therapist and I don't want this guy to see me less than, or maybe there's a good religious part of me that will just show up and, 
or a good friend part of me that will show up and just be like, yeah, Thomas, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's true. But it not penetrate. Yeah. And be, because there's a part of me just, again, wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Is it a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing that we have masks or, or I, I say roles. But can we go deeper than that? Yeah. And what would it mean for me instead? Like, what if I said to you instead, well, there's a part of me that really believes that and thinks that's true. Yeah. And there's another part of me that is really broken up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you see how I am talking kind of for those parts of me. Who's, who's doing the talking? It might be in that moment coming more from my core, my inmost self, more from my heart. And so I'm relating to you more from my heart in that last statement. Yeah. Right. And that's where, you know, if I sense in you an authenticity too, where you're speaking kind of more from that heart. Now we're speaking, we're having a different kind of conversation, heart to heart. And, and, and you're, and, and that's where I feel like God can really do work because now God working through me to you and through you to me is, is a lot more profound. And the person can sense that just through the conversation. I think, you know, that I think most people know the difference okay. pretty quickly. Cool. Um, it's intuitive probably, but you know, it's like when it's a difference when someone is being nice to you and someone is loving you. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. And I, I'm already thinking of people who they know the difference, even like when their spouse is like just trying to be, you know, oh, yeah. nice and kind of faking it. And when they're actually being loved, and it causes problems, even in that deep of a relationship. Um, what, what are some tips that you would have for, for people who want to support those dealing with drama? Right, right. Well, you just mentioned spouses. So I, I think I'll just piggyback on that. Like, okay. I think that if we think about our parts again, sorry, I'm making this whole thing on parts, but um, even in our spousal relationship, we are, um, we're are often with our wife, wife, let's say, or, or husband, as it is, you, your parts are interacting with their parts probably most of the time. And that's sort of okay for a lot of things. Um, You know, like if we, like if I have a doer part, a manager part likes to get things done and so does my wife. And then we spend the day gardening and fixing up the house and we're, we're busy being two little busy bee manager doers. Right. Uh, Yeah. That's fine. Right. But um, if, if I have a part that is responding negatively, like a protective part, mm-hmm. because she says something to me that um, triggers maybe that sense of I'm not worth something or I'm not good enough or something like, like she's angry because something wasn't done. And then uh, so she has a manager part that's showing up. That's sort of saying, well, why haven't you done this? And yeah. then I respond with a defensive manager part of my own that says, Believe well, me alone. I've been doing 500 things in the last, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, all of a sudden, our, we're having an argument possibly here, right? Where our, 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 our protector parts are arguing with each other. What we're not doing is slowing down enough to recognize that and allow our more of our core self, that heart I was talking about, to first take care of the part of ourselves that was offended. 
right? So that you're capable of turning to that person and saying, instead of like, when they say like, oh, well, haven't you done this yet? I asked you like five times, right? Yeah. So you know that's a protector manager, angry kind of part right there, uh-huh. right? Would be to slow down. It might take a lot, right? To pause, slow down, recognize, uh-oh, I've got a protector part that wants to like slam that person, right? Yeah. And then instead to, to say, no, but that's not going to help us. Um, obviously you're right to be bothered by that and be able to turn and say, you know, I hear you, uh, you're frustrated. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry. I haven't gotten to that. Mm-hmm. Your tone, you know, there's a part of me right now that's really upset with your tone. Yeah. But you know, like you're taught you, suddenly the way you can talk to the person changes. So uh, to answer your question, how can we support people? Yeah. I know it might seem like a roundabout way to answer it. How can we support people uh-huh. we can that have trauma? We can we can be self-aware enough to be able to manage our own parts, to love them and see through whatever defenses and coping mechanisms and maladaptations or whatever it is that's showing up. Because yeah. trauma survivors will have a lot. Yeah. Okay. And and to see past that, to manage our own inner world enough to see past that yeah. enough, not to become a doormat or anything like that, but just to be able to speak to them differently and provide safety mm-hmm. so that their protectors can kind of relax. Interesting. Right. And then we, and then we can actually have real connection. Yeah. And I also hear you say too, you know, slow down. And it's almost like, you know, we're moving so fast. Everything is speeding up so much that it's like counterproductive towards relationships. Would you say that? Mm-hmm. Or am I just kind of going off on a... On a on no, a- you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, we're so busy and we're moving so fast. And even our internal world is yeah. not catching up to ourselves, so to speak. Yeah. So what happens there is um, our parts are anxious. And they take over yeah. and so that there's no sight of that innermost self I was talking about. It's been eclipsed. Mm-hmm. And when it's eclipsed by anxious parts, it's like little kids. They will say, they, oh, I wish mom and dad were gone and we could rule the house and eat pizza all day and run yeah. around. And yeah, that's what they think they want. But at night, they'll be like, where's mom and dad? Yeah. Right. They want they actually do want that sounds fun, but they do want safety. They do want security. They do want to be have their parents, so to speak, present. They 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 crave those things. They don't actually want lawlessness and chaos. So our parts are the same. Like they actually don't want to be running the show, but they will run the show if they feel like they have to. But they'll be anxious, nervous, scared uptight reactive yeah wow okay um this this is so fascinating um like i said there's a cat behind you by the way this is this is my cat spock by the way (laughs) you are such a geek he is my therapy cat there we go i love it that is so cool um but so do you have any success stories that you can share with us i don't want you to bring no i I don't (laughs) um yeah, that's that. Yeah, I can't share any stories that would identify any one person, of course. Of course, of course yeah. um, but I, I will say that 
when people start to understand their parts and start treating them with love, kindness, patience, all that, um, the effect is pretty quick. So I have people come back, like when I'm working with them, people that come back and they're just like, I handle that so differently. And I, or, you know, that stressor, that situation was so different. And, and, and they're kind of amazed by it. Some people have a hard time kind of practicing it or putting it in place like because they don't think about it throughout oh. the week um so there's so um they they might need a lot of reinforcement and a lot of practice and until it becomes kind of part of what they part of their daily life like like some people would really like benefit from having a um a daily like in their prayer time to actually sit with invite all their parts with to be in prayer with them Mm-hmm. Right. And and so if you're doing that on a daily basis, or maybe a couple times a day, that will happen. So I've seen people have a lot of success in healing um, when they really take that in. Um, I would say that I've seen um, a, a, a lot of, uh, if I think about success stories, like I've seen where people are able to identify moments, for example, in their childhood. And this is where I might do EMDR, which is a type of a very spe- specific yeah. type of tra- trauma treatment. Uh, after they've already identified that part of themselves that needs the healing and all the managers and protectors that, that were kind of defending it or, or whatever while they get off have given, sounds funny, but given permission to do that work. So now um, the therapist working with the um the inmost self of the client and maybe even other parts helping are able to heal and bring something new to the situation. So things like, so for example, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking of a woman who had a traumatic um, uh, birth, like her child's birth was traumatic for her. And in that moment she was able to, uh, well, in this case, in one case to be able to bring, um our lady to invite our lady to be the nurse that she didn't have or i'm thinking of another case of a uh of a young young boy who was um bullied and traumatized and felt alone and so you know and so when you work with all the parts and you actually are able to access that wounded part you know to be for for him to realize to kind of turn around and see that even though he wasn't protected as a child and he was hurt and, and, and people treated him in unkind ways. What he really needed was love, support, and affirmation. And then he sees in the process of this healing, he sees um, the, the grown adult self, the, the, the person themselves, the inmost self, the person who's, who's actually now a grown up, not a child who's going to be abused. Uh, who can protect himself, um, who is loving and kind. And you almost like, it sounds funny, but that, that child part wasn't aware of that, of the existence of the adult self. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds funny. And so when they turn around, when he almost like he turns around and sees him and recognizes and sees that, that is that he's, he's loving he has compassion. The yeah. core self has compassion for this part, not hatred or not throwing shame, which some of the other parts may have done. 
uh, as a coping mechanism. But no, he sees the compassion. I've seen in so, more times than I can count how that new relationship between the core self and uh, and this wounded part changes. And then this young child is now included in and 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 made a place a better place within the system. And and what this child brings is is life and vitality and fun and play. Yeah. And you know, Christ talks about being like a child. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we be like a child? Well, we need to find our inner children and allow them to be active in us, you know, in a good way. And and so then we so what happens in those cases is is the person just reports like feeling lighter and feeling happier and more joy and 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 and, and it's um it's it's beautiful really. Beautiful. Wow, that is so exciting. Um, and then I bet it's exciting for you to see it firsthand in people and see what, what, you know, the healing that can take place. I know it's exciting for me to see healing take place in people. Um, Jerry, I'm, I'm Dr. Jerry, I'm so thankful that you could join us today. This has been really, really a, a cool and interesting discussion. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I, can I plug one thing? I was going to ask you if you had anything to plug, please. Yes. I have these litanies. I don't know if people awesome. are still listening. It's called litanies of the heart. And um, you can get them like there's these little prayer cards and they open up and, and all that. And there's three of them. And I wrote them using attachment theory as the basis, which is, is, is about um, our need for connection and intimacy and what it looks like to have safety and security. But these litanies are directed toward Jesus. And so the whole, we come to Jesus with either our closed off heart, like that wall, or our wounded heart, which is that wounded kid, or a fearful heart. And the goal of the litanies, when you pray them, is it walks you through um, being, um, bringing our brokenness, but then seeing Christ, seeing what Christ does, and then allowing Christ to hold us and love us. And so it, it really is a journey from consolation to desolation. And so on soulsandhearts.com, you can actually, I mean, these are free. Um, you can download them as PDFs. We have audio recordings. We have them in Spanish as well as English. Hi. Do you do the Spanish? And it's all, I do not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really bad. Um, I, could, I could maybe do French, but that's it. Okay. Um, okay. So anyway, I, cool. I, I've been, people have been praying them. I've been praying them. My wife's been praying them. And it's, it's really powerful. It's all that, still that whole thing I've been talking about is bringing our heart, transforming our hearts to be in deeper connection with Christ. Okay. That is so beautiful. Do you want to end our segment with one of those prayers right now? Is that? Do you want to, well, you would need the, it's a litany. So okay. it's, it's it, it takes about seven minutes. And it would be a back and forth prayer. Hey, if you want to have me on sometime, we can do the litanies of the heart. But Let's yeah. Do it. Okay. <laughs> well, and then we'll just end with a, a prayer. Well, how about, okay, I will end it with the last part of it. How about that? Sounds beautiful. Yeah, please do. Okay. See if I can read it. Um, name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, you are the healer of my soul and my heart. I ask that through this prayer, you would transform me more and more into the likeness of your precious and sacred heart. Let your kindness and compassion transform my heart and bring me always into the security 
of your loving embrace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. Please stay tuned for future podcasts. And for more information, please visit zenithministries.com.